on. The pressure is on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, welcome to this week's uh, episode of Chopping It Up. I'm sitting here with Derek Brown of A Drink Company. What's up, Derek? How you hey, doing? how's it going? I can't complain, man. I'm sitting here <laughs> hanging out with you drinking Jameson on a Wednesday. Oh, yeah. You know, it's 420, mm-hmm. so we'll toast to 420. How about that? Oh, yeah. Perfect. 420. That's right. <laughs> so uh, we're here today just to, to chop it up. Uh, thank you all for joining us. If you're tuning in on Facebook Live or Periscope or wherever we may be today, um, yeah, I just want to invite you in and talk about the uh, the phenomenon that is Game of Thrones bar. Oh, yeah. GOT wah, Pub. Wah, wah. Is that Do you want me to sing called? the theme song? Can or you? Are we, not, maybe we're all over it. I mean, is it, are we all over it? I don't know. I mean, it's not coming back till 2018. Right, 2018. Maybe 2018. Yeah. But I heard it's going to actually be released in the winter this dun, time. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know <laughs> if I can do it. Yeah, I mean, I feel I like. I forgot about it. What haven't happened? You, haven't you, like, blocked it out at this point? Are you, like, oh, totally Game of Thrones out or There what? was, like, it, it did reach a fever pitch at some point. There was this yeah. moment where I was, like, wearing a Game of Thrones shirt and I was, like, <laughs> coming home after the Game of Thrones bar and I had not caught up on the, all the episodes. So I watched, like, four Game of Thrones. You're, like, a straight episodes. fanboy. I was like, I don't know about this. This is like, like this I don't is even dedication. Have an identity anymore? You know, yeah. I mean, who am I? I'm not the king of the north. Although I referred to you as the king of North Shaw today. Oh, you mean uh, Northwesteros? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, good times. It's such a crazy thing. The game. Of Should we also are. just kind of like right off the bat talk about the fact that if you haven't watched it and you're worried about spoilers, like get out of here. Yeah, it's over. I mean, it's like yeah. literally you got 48 hours to recover. If even. Like, that's it. And if then even. now we're going to tell you and we're going to spoil everything. Yeah. Everybody dies. Yeah. And I, I learned that the Ice King got a dragon before I saw it. Mm-hmm. And I was just so mad at that person for saying that. I was like, why would you do that? You know who I was mad at, actually, is the people who were complaining about the fantasy situation. They were saying stuff like, where did this Ice King get a chain from? <laughs> right, right. And I was like, I, look at my you garage. You the dragon for fuck's sake <laughs> and you're worrying about the chain, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. Right, like, yeah, no, I get you. People are weird. They're like, that's just not believable. You're like, right. have you... They're like, oh, and a raven doesn't fly that fast. I was like, you're a fucking expert on ravens now. Right. No. No. It was crazy. I was like, this is literally a show about dragons and zombies and mythical worlds. Everything and zombies, anything can happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> People are very silly, you know, very, very silly. But I definitely appreciated the commitment of your fans. I appreciated the commitment of the fans, like both I'll- in and outside of the bar. Because keep in mind that, you know, one of the reasons that we did it in the first place is because we are true fans. Right. Well, you, so, you'd have to be. You couldn't just mm-hmm. uh, hang on to that without it. I mean, if you're lovingly sculpting a dragon that will breathe fire in your bar, right? you're probably a fan. Yeah, exactly. Or you've just lost your shit completely. <laughs> That's right. Or, and you probably need an intervention, you know? We might at some point. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I love what you did there. I think it's uh, super impressive. And oh, I, I, I've been very vocal about like pop-up bars and mm-hmm. not, not liking them, mm-hmm. uh, mostly because... Um, like the Will Ferrell bar, which I think that that was actually just a joke. Or there's like a, no, there is a Will Ferrell bar, and there's like a Joe Biden bar. And I don't know. I just felt like it lacked creativity, uh, you know. And it, and I just feel like maybe we don't need any more bars. But but you know, maybe you should build a school or a supermarket or something yeah. if you're that desperate for an idea. But I look at like what you guys have done is completely different, mm-hmm. and I feel like you know, and I'm very vocal about that as well. Like you know, the three bars to begin with has always been 
a bit of a theme, you know, because right. it was a three small spaces. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for people who don't know, which I don't know how you couldn't, but it's Mockingbird Hill and uh, Southern Efficiency and, and Eat the, the Rich. Mm-hmm. And they're like three small, narrow, like row home style spaces with a shared kitchen. Right. And that's what we turned into the, the Game of Thrones pub. And right. that's what we turned into the holiday theme bar. And that's right. what we turned the Cherry Blossom. And I, I actually share a little bit of your kind of like. There's this pop-up bar thing, and sometimes we don't really know what to call what we're doing, you know? Because it's not a pop-up bar. You could say it's a themed bar. Well, it does pop up for a period of time. It's both of those things, but it it's is. neither of those things. Right. So I, I'm with you, because people are like, well, what about that one? And I'm like, you know, personally, I wouldn't stand in line for 10 minutes, even for free weed, you know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> I'm not the one. I'm like, I think it's, a, you know, absurd that anybody would stand in line for anything, but that's just me. But, I mean, I see the commitment there, yeah. and I know how much work you put in. And then, of course, I know a lot of your staff members, mm-hmm. so I get, like, the backside story. And it seems like a very positive thing. It doesn't seem very kitschy. Like, you put a lot of effort and work into making it real. Yeah. And, I mean, ultimately, Etheridge and Mockingbird Hill and Southern Efficiency are in themselves theme bars. That's right. I mean, ultimately, it's all about what we love. It's always been about what we love. So I think as long as you keep it sincere, that's what matters. I think what you're referring to is some of the bars. I don't know about the Will Ferrell bar or anything like that, but I do know that I've seen bars that are like pop-up bars or theme bars where they're obviously the whole goal grasping. is just grasping. And I think that that just doesn't feel right. I think people won't wait in line for that. I don't think. And they haven't been. Yeah. It's not working. It's you not know? working, right? But it is working for you guys. I you mean, know? there's something about sincerity that kind of cuts through bullshit like a knife. Like if you really believe in something, even if it's corny or stupid or dumb, then you're like, well, that that's what they believe. That's their thing. And you they're know? all in. Like, mm-hmm. as long as you're consistent and all in, then how can anybody, you know, be mad? And I've been having a lot of conversations with friends and stuff lately about, you know, cultural appropriation. That's been yeah. like a really big thing. It's a huge thing. And I've been talking a lot in particular about restaurateurs, you know, mm-hmm. people that own multiple who will like just, you know, that one failed, put a barbecue joint in. That right. one failed, put in a dim sum. I mean, it's like the same owner, same thing. And then you start to wonder, like, is that cultural? You know? And then you have years where it's like, this is a sherry bar. Like, right. we love the shit out of sherry. And I'm like, they, like I appreciate the fact that you're like, it's not taking from anybody. Right. You know? It's not a cultural thing. You're not claiming authenticity that's not yours. It's a Mario bar. It's that's a right. cherry blossom bar. You know, the holiday thing. You know what I mean? It's not. It's um, very, It's again, it's very true to us. And, that, and yeah. it's funny because that culture appropriation topic, every now and then I'll start like a fire on my, <laughs> Facebook page because I'd be like, "This is bullshit, cultural appropriation." Right, and then I get four thousand comments. Of course, I about, can't even imagine. And and it's funny because a lot of people will say, "Well, you, you know, you were selling sherry, isn't that culturally appropriate?" I was like, "No, I'm literally paying the person right, who made the who sherry, made the sherry to the help sherry spread place. it with the idea that they would put it out there. I'm not trying with their to, own label still on the bottle. Also, I wasn't trying to create like some kind of fake." bodega you know like with this like corny sort of like spanish theme i just made it my right. space with stuff i love in it right and that's exactly the difference mm-hmm. and so i definitely respect that because i feel like that's a hard line to toe in this town you know yeah um I, i've been doing a lot of research working on the business plan and stuff and in 2014 there was 2100 places to eat and drink in dc wow when i started doing research in 2009 there were 356 places to eat and drink in dc wow that's quite a change sea change really and, I mean, that's a lot of, you know, competition, man. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's tough, you know what I mean? Which also kind of dials me back into the, like, maybe we don't need any more bars, guys. Like, maybe you should think of some other stuff to build, you know? If, like, if you're thinking about starting a bar in D.C., maybe you should also start a school or something. But 
I know that's a whole different. Well, you know, I mean, a lot, the, the great thing about that is that the market will always, in a way, kind of like work it out. And, and what I mean by that is not market. That's actually not, it's not like some abstract thing. It's people. People, People yeah. will literally go to places they like and respect, and they will not go to places that they don't like and respect. Exactly. And, so, and I think that, you know, most people kind of gravitate towards good places that have a sincere mission, yeah. that make good food, that have good value. And I think that, you know, maybe I put too much faith in humanity because I know that there's not, <laughs> not all of them are so great. Um, but, but I do put faith in, in D.C. at least. Yeah. We're, we're smarter than most people. We are. We definitely are. Yeah. We definitely are. So speaking of, what, what are some of your favorite places in D.C. to go? Well, you know, I have like a pretty limited routine of places that I go to, yeah. to be honest with you. So, um, but last night I was at Two Birds, One Stone. Oh. Uh, that's one of my favorite places. Where is that? That's on 14th Street. It's under Doi Moy. Oh, okay. Um, the the bar manager, one of the owners, is Adam Bernbach. He's always been a really great bartender. He used to do these like sessions back in at Bar Pilar when kind of this whole new cocktail world was exploding. Right. And since then, he's just continued to push the envelope and make great cocktails and nice. his the space down there is awesome so it's under it's underneath like literally mm -hmm. in the basement yeah you have to go down a set of stairs and it, you know i don't it's not like a speakeasy don't get the wrong idea right, it's right, just right, a right. basement bar um so i love that place i love bar mini um which is a little more high concept that's not for everybody um but it definitely has like this the it's just to me it's the quality of the bartenders there they make great drinks i love doing that but honestly like i also just like going to showtime is that your jam? Uh, I love Showtime. It's just like a really simple place with yeah. a nice owner, good jukebox, fun yeah. place. Granny and the boys. Granny and the boys. Great place to, to get a combo. Yes. Um, and then, of course, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention The Passenger, which, which is my brother's bar. So that's a shameless plug. But he, that's a great place. The only problem with it is it's like a black hole for me. Every time I walk into it, it's just like I love everybody and there's drinks everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And then I leave and I'm like, I don't know. Four days are gone. What right. happened? <laughs> That's awesome. I'm going to yeah. go to the passenger tonight when I get off of work. Yeah, they have a killer menu. Uh, I took uh, the, oh, yeah? the slow roll bike ride there uh, last winter, like mm -hmm. uh, shortly after they reopened on yeah. 7th. And um, holy crap. Yeah, man. They got like a duck fat burger. I don't even know. But just ridiculously pork cheek chili nachos that's what it I is it's like seventeen thousand calories yeah. on a plate and you just like stuff it's like your a gob. last meal every mm -hmm. single one of their things on the menu is like you better run your fat ass home this <laughs> <laughs> is the only way you can make up for this ridiculousness but so worth it yeah, that's actually was a great it. bike ride because we went there and ate and then we went on a bike ride that's the way to do it and uh and that was that get was, your calories lose your calories and then drink them Right back and add them back on. That's right. Yeah. Liquid like drink. form. Yeah, it, it never works. We never <laughs> win, do we? Like no, it, it just doesn't. We never win. I just I try to cry out the extra calories. You know, <laughs> like that's a uh, that's my routine. You know, every yeah. morning, yeah. sometimes at night too. But you know, <laughs> yeah, I think I, I, I I've done that a few times. Myself. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, so uh, so I know you can't tell us what's next, but yeah, are, are you looking at a? Because I was surprised. Now I noticed before you did like one of the sides or two of the sides, and then this time you did all three bars. Well, we just really realized, like, one of the things that we don't want to do, I know it's, like, in, in people's minds that we, we try to fabricate this line, but we didn't. We, we try to have as much space as possible. We literally have 
four or five thousand space throughout the whole. Uh, sorry, four or five thousand square feet throughout the whole thing. Yeah, it's not. None of them are big bars. I we don't can even fit, know how I you don't did know, this. 120, 180 people in there. It's a like really small amount of people. Very small. There will always be more people outside of the bar than inside the bar. Right. You know. Um, so we decided that after we did two out of three and we saw the lines, we were like, maybe if we did three, we could kind of right. cut down the lines a bit. But more people just showed up. Right. And they then, just kept coming. Well, so let me ask you, do you think that the, the throne, you think that was a big, like, do you, is there one aspect of it that people, you think people were more interested in than others? Like, because like from the outside, I'm like, I think people just want to take pictures of themselves. Like, I feel like that was a big draw on the throne. It, it is part of, you know, definitely the pictures of themselves is a big part of it. Um, and I think that like the throne was huge. I mean, we saw 47,000 people butts. sit their butts in that seat. 47,000 buttholes were right here. You should put a sign up. Here back. lies 47,000 buttholes. In, imprints, yes. Of imprints, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's funny because we like <laughs> we did this like um, poll with the Washingtonian because we wanted to ask people what to, what we should do with it. Right. Right, and um, if we had mentioned that, maybe it would have <laughs> veered more toward one of our options was to sacrifice it to the Lord of Light and just... <laughs> You know, let it on fire. Oh, they, they they did not choose that. What? <laughs> Burn that shit. That's my motto. You know. <laughs> so what did you do with all that stuff? Did you buy that stuff? Did you rent that stuff? Did you make the throne? How does that all go? I mean, you made a lot of it because like the wall of faces was a lot of your mm -hmm. staff members mm -hmm. and stuff. You know, we basically what happened is we manufactured most of it. Uh, we have two people on staff right now that are essentially just builders right they they uh, plan it out they create the space they build it they organize volunteers matt fox and adriana um, salome and both of them have been just incredible neither one of them by the way is that that's right. i mean right. now they could go work for disney right now that I, we see this set of skills right like, i remember last night i'd had a couple drinks and I was a little maudlin, and I was like, arm around Matt Fox. I was like, man, you could go anywhere. Don't leave us. But, but don't. <laughs> Please, yeah. you know, uh, because their skills are so high at this point. But um, so, you know, and he does robots. He makes robots in our, you know, when we had that, the Stranger Things. Right, right, one, right. There, there was literally a demigorgon that came out of the wall, and there was a false wall. He just made that. That's crazy. And I was like, how how did you figure that out? He Yo, said, oh, I want a false wall at my house. Oh, yeah, with a demigorgon coming you out? Just, like, or? lean on it. Like, that would be so <laughs> cool. Like a fake bookcase to, like, a secret staircase. Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen that mansion on O Street? Yeah. Uh, I've only been in there passageways. once by accident. I was in the wrong place. They were like, ma'am, <laughs> you're not dressed for this place. They chased you out. They no did. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they probably should have done that. Yeah, me. no, I was like, fair <laughs> enough. I'm out. I was like, I'll put the joint out, too. My bad. <laughs> Kidding, that didn't happen, but I wanted it to. Yeah, yeah it, could, it could still happen. I know, you know, if you hear me, Mansion on O, I'm coming for you. Invite me to kick me out. <laughs> That's right. I've been kicked out of all the best places in this town. Um, <laughs> right now, so so are you gonna do the Game of Thrones bar again? Are you gonna keep all that stuff? Are you I gonna just don't think it? we know. I mean, so most of it is manufactured, and um, a lot of it is in storage, and some of it we are going to, you know, give to our volunteers and staff right right you know like we have swords real swords what about the throne like did you make the throne the, th the throne was made it was made by a artist a 3d visual artist in uh, florida i'm sorry atlanta 
So that's a 3D printed? Uh, no. They, I, do, I know they do 3D printing, but I think oh, okay. this was made out of fiberglass um, and reinforced underneath with like some kind of, I don't know all of this. Right, right, right. <laughs> like my expertise is in But you drinking. had it made for you specifically? Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was about $10,000. Holy shit. And that's the other thing is I think th- people think, you know, that's just pure cash. Like people walk in and they right. just give us cash and then I put it in my pockets and it's like, wow, I'm walking around with a lot of cash. But it's really expensive and time consuming. Well, yeah, they don't realize there's a giant hole in the back where all that <laughs> money came from where you just throw it in like a sacrifice. There, it's coming. Just like any bar. Yeah, basically, exactly. A restaurant. Yeah. People are like, you're killing it. I'm like, you know what my rent is, son? Like, no, it's not. It's not. It's not. Everything isn't uh, what it seems to be. So, yeah, exactly. well, I have a bunch of friends that throw raves for a living okay. that do themed raves. Oh, that's awesome. So if you want to rent yeah. out, they would probably pay you pretty good money to borrow all your Game of Thrones stuff. Stuff. We got a lot of offers from Renaissance fairs. Oh, I'm sure you did. Yeah. And um, actually, we are all going to the Renaissance fair. Are you going to dress up? The whole up? staff. Hell yeah. I mean, you're ready. We were like, let's go. This is going to be awesome. It is going to be I awesome. I love the Renaissance. Man, give me that turkey, turkey leg. Turkey leg. Everybody loves I'm the all turkey about leg. That. It actually does not taste very good. No, it's, it's terrible. terrible. It's dry. <laughs> it's but it's something that's the barbaric. But it's like Henry know. the Eighth. I am. I am. You know, you're like, walk, you're like walk around this damn, and you got a sword in the other hand. Right. You're like, I could be in this you're time. Like, I just want to piss on something. I don't know. <laughs> Mark my territory. Axe throwing is my thing. It's I my- love <laughs> wow. axe throwing. I didn't see so, that coming. Yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. I'm really into axe Do you do throwing. that at home too? And I do, in fact. Actually, in between, uh... I have my own set of axes that I throw, <laughs> and I have a target that I'm building. I'm gonna so. get you a. I'm going to get you a shirt. Just careful with that axe, Eugene. <laughs> that Pink Floyd line. Um, you know, it's like more fun than darts. Like darts <laughs> yeah. kind of feels like bullshit after you throw axes. You're like, what, darts? That's ridiculous. Well, I feel like you. anytime you up the level of danger, you up the, like, uh, uh, you know, it's more appealing. And I light the axes on fire and I put, no, just kidding. Oh. That would be better. Dude. I admit. I mean, little Sambuca and little, be good to go. But, Sam, uh, look flammable? I don't know. But. Uh, yeah, I think it can be. It should be. Or Rumplemints. Rumplemints is flammable, but I don't think people should drink Rumplemints. Well, yeah, you know, most people don't know this about Rumplemints, but it's the first sign of your alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you're drinking Rumplemints, you definitely need to slow down. Or it's the first sign of your underage drinking. <laughs> yeah, you're either 16 or you're whatever age and you need to go to rehab. You know what I mean? There's, like, no middle ground there. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to my best friend, Josh, who loves Rumplemints. I'm like, what are you, 90? What is going on here? I had no idea that. I was like, oh, it's 150 proof. I forget the name of it. Somebody tried to make like an artisanal Rumplemints. I just, I was like, Stop what? Stop it right now. <laughs> like, three drops of shame. <laughs> yeah, people keep trying to do that. They keep trying to like, I, I'm waiting for the artisanal Midori. Oh, Melon Jesus liquor. That's Christ. what they got to get. I mean, come my on. Mom, melons are good, right? My mom used to drink that. And um, my mom's not a drinker at all. My mm-hmm. dad's like raging alcohol. And my mom would never drink. I never understood how they hung out as long as they did. But uh, but she, the only thing she would drink would be Midori. And yep. I remember uh, she had a bottle of it. And I used to always steal my, my dad's liquor. But then one time I stole my mom's. My mom was like so disappointed in her <laughs> taste in alcohol. I was like, this is disgusting. Even as a teenager, I was like, this is gross. Well, that's the first cocktail I ever made. It was, it was called an alien secretion. Oh Jesus! So it was about right. equal parts of Captain Morgan's. Oh God! Canned pineapple juice. I tried it with fresh. It doesn't work. And Midori melon liquor. And it is bright green. And it is absolutely terrifyingly disgusting. Like to the point where you just kind of want to like 
rip parts of your mouth out. We should have made some. I'm gonna make some for your next visit. Be like, alien secretions. Is that All what they call exactly. It? Yeah. Horrible name. Secretions. You're like that's got a good <laughs> ring to it. Everyone wants to drink secretions. Mm-hmm. Let's get that Those in there. Those secretions. <laughs> Just a menu. What kind of secretion would you like? Nope. Crazy. None. Man, you're like, it's not antifreeze, I promise. <laughs> so how did you get into this whole mess? You know, I know you're like mixologist extraordinaire. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I ever saw you, I was at a TEDx event. Oh, yeah. At the museum, I, oh, right. if, I, if I remember correctly. Was it the museum? I remember that. That was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. And that was, um, what's funny about that is I was just reminded of that event because one of the speakers was a guy named Seton Smith. It was a comedian from D.C. Yeah. Um, and now he's up in New York. He's super funny. He's hilarious. I just saw him emceeing at Comedy Cellar. Nice. And it was great. He's an incredibly talented. That was a cool um, TEDx event. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it was it was amazing. The, the speakers, I'm, I'm not myself, but the other speakers were really great. And uh, so I was pretty lucky to be included in that mix. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I feel like being involved in any kind of a TED anything is kind of an honor you know um it is you know it is that x that's kind of like the but you know what denoting the, like like sort of like oh yeah i graduated <laughs> with like a 4.0 from co- junior college right, like right, oh yeah. okay that's fine yeah. but you know what though like you know i, I always gotta throw some shade on some things but okay. you know there's some <laughs> some not so great news coming out about like ted you know conferences oh, and like are? how they uh you know, they, how they treat the people. It's a little cultish, and they make people do a lot of stuff and speak, and, like, okay, wow. they don't pay people and stuff. It's just kind of a weird setup, and so there's people who have, like, like turned that down, and, like, they require wow. a pretty big commitment. I, I, I was just a Joe Rogan podcast where some guy was, like, kind of breaking it down. Um, however, the TEDx is, uh-huh. like, that model, but more on a local level. Yeah, so that is a good So while it might not have, like, the... Bells and whistles. I I kind of to think that the TEDx events are a little bit more intimate, intimate and like genuine, uh, and locally based. You know, but like you don't I get remember to speak that. like with Al Gore. Right, and like it's cool at all <laughs> to watch those. Right, I mean yeah. I watch TEDx TED shit on you know YouTube and get all hyped up. I mean I, I like them. There was this one like YouTube video that I saw that was like about it's like how to do a TEDx. But it was a joke. It was like <laughs> the guy was like just doing the format, the whole routine. Right. You know, blah, 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 surprising information, blah, blah, blah. You know, <laughs> it was really funny because there is like a little bit of a format to it. There definitely is. I don't know if I follow that that format very well, um, but I, I tried. Well, I thought it was great. I really enjoyed you. I, I learned a lot. And I Thanks. was like, and that was in the beginning of, of it all. I, I, you know, I remember the first time I went to, um, uh, what is that Indian restaurant on D Street that's super Re- Rasika? Rasika. Mm-hmm. I went to Rasika when they first opened. Oh, yeah. And it was the first time I had ever had like a pairing, like a mm-hmm. cocktails with the meal. Right. And uh, my friend was a bartender there and she gave me, you know, a different cocktail for each, you know, for the appetizer and the entree and then the dessert. Yeah. And I was drinking shit I don't even like, you know what I mean? Like rum and gin and whatever, you know? And um, something had milk in it. I mean, but it was like. The craziest drinks that I never would have picked if my life had depended on it. And they paired so well. And it was, I had just quit smoking cigarettes mm-hmm. like a couple months prior. And awesome. like I actually, you know, was like, this is what a caper tastes like. You know <laughs> what I mean? You're like really surprised because you really destroy your taste buds with uh, cigarettes. You yeah, know? yeah. And so they I, come back, though. That's a they good come news. back. And yeah. I just remember being like blown away. Like I was like, oh, I get it now. And that's when I 
kind of open up. But how did you get into mixology? Like, how did this craziness start? So, the, the easiest way to describe that is I was just a shiftless loser, I think. <laughs> so, an honest so, <laughs> one, though, you know. <laughs> well, most of the time. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think that, like, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing in life. I really had no idea. And I was kind of bouncing around uh, life, you know? Like, I was. I would work in a restaurant, save up my money, and then I would go travel. I would go work in a restaurant, go travel. And uh, that was great because it gave me an opportunity to see a lot of different things. But I didn't have, you know, it was like somewhere around the age 27 that I was like, I don't literally, I think I have $3 in the bank account. Right. Like, that's kind of weird. I should be in a different place right now. Um, I got to do something about this. So I started thinking about, you know, what it was I was doing. And, and I was working in a, a restaurant uh, I'm sorry, bar that had food, uh, Rocky's Cafe. Uh, it was in Adams Morgan. And um, I was like, you know what? Somebody in the world is the best bartender. Like, why don't I just do what I'm, I become a bartender and do that the best I can? And um, it was kind of like a lightning moment because I don't think people usually, some people do, not not everybody thinks like that. You know, like instead of, everyone's always striving towards something and, so, and me too. Right. But like what what if just in the moment you're at the thing that you're doing, you just say, fuck it, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to do it yeah. the best I can. Now, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination the best bartender in the world, nor am I even really a bartender anymore. I don't know. Right, right. I, I told people this year I made one drink. <laughs> It was a giant Ricky. It was for our Columbia Room celebration. The Columbia Room was named the best American uh, cocktail bar. Um, wow, congratulations. Oh, thanks a lot. Yeah. And we, um, and in celebration, I built like a giant Ricky, which is DC's I think I saw it on our Facebook page, like mm -hmm. scooping out of it. I was like, mm, that looks good. So that was one cocktail I made this year. But so it, calling it like me a bartender is a little strange. But it's like two gallons. So. Yeah, that's true. It did feed. It would feed. It, it, <laughs> Same yeah. difference. There was enough al alcohol for 250 people. We were fine. Out of that cup? Uh, maybe. Maybe I'm exaggerating. That's crazy. Bartenders, you can't trust everything they say. <laughs> you can't trust Even if they're ex-bartenders. So, you know, I mean, so I just kind of like at this moment real that that moment realized that I could do something with what I had and I just started working toward that and I'm lucky I mean obviously I have a lot of opportunities that not everybody has in the world and um, I just kept pushing and learning and and trying to figure out this thing you know right. because obviously it's very valuable to people people enjoy the experience of going to a bar they enjoy when somebody can take care of them and they feel welcome right. they enjoy when somebody can match their tastes and think about uh, what they would want um, and then surprise them with new things that they maybe never even thought about before, as you were describing with yeah. Jessica. And I think that, you know, it was right at this moment where the culinary world was starting to kind of like explode around cocktails. It was, too. It was new. It was very new. Yeah. And and it gave me a platform and an opportunity to then kind of run programs, um, you know, consult on programs. And then in 2009, I have the opportunity to open my own place. Uh, and that, and that was, was the Columbia Room? Mm -hmm. Well, the passenger, my brother and I opened together, and then I focused on the Columbia Room starting 2010 is when we, we opened that. And so that was really a great moment for me, and it gave me a new platform to talk about what I loved and what I wanted to do and what I think about drinks, which is not the way everybody thinks about it. Right. Um, and, and luckily, people enjoyed that and wanted to come back. So yeah. <laughs> it's always nice when that works. Right. Out. So then when we opened the, you know, the other bars that were in uh, in Shaw, it was um, it was really cool because you know people were interested in what we we're doing. They saw what we did over the passenger, then Columbia Room, um, and they invited us to kind of 
to to do more and uh, we were able to get partners for it and um you know those bars did fine um and we we enjoyed it we enjoyed all the unique things around them but Mm -hmm. but it wasn't really until the pop-up bar started that we really hit our stride yeah you really you really have i mean i'm always been a big fan of eat the rich i uh i just that's that's my jam Mm -hmm. if i could hang out in (laughs) black and gray walls my whole life i would as you can see from the entire building it's a wonderful decor so i felt right at home Mm -hmm. at eat the rich uh and i love like the guar artwork Mm -hmm. and everything else and uh actually derek was a first supporter of dc as fuck actually that's right early adopter uh sold the shirts in your bar on my behalf which was super cool i remember seeing that and i was just thinking like dc's tourism there what is their slogan it's something DC like dc cool dc cool i was like man fuck, come on DC like fuck. nobody who's cool says i'm cool yeah exactly right? like you never could do that no so i was like you know oh. new york has this like i love new york thing right. and it's like god damn it we and i saw that and i was like that's us it is but us. what's great about that is that one is not uh something that these assholes from every other state and you know throughout the country who come live with us right and legislate for us yeah right they can't own that they can't walk around with a dc as fuck shirt they right they won't and so dc as fuck becomes very to me very important because it's not just about you know the fact that we're expressing hey that's who we are this is where we're from but it's not something they can have. They can just take, yeah. Yeah. And you know what I really love is like the the range of people that like it. Right. You you know you see old heads down mm-hmm. on on the east side wearing it, and you see the young kids wearing it too. And That's I don't right. think any anything else has really quite reached no. that wide of a swing and been you know really appreciated the way it is. You know? It is the official slogan of Washington D.C. in my mind, even if it's not actually D.C. Right. is fuck. D.C. is Fuck. Yeah, I mean, we, there's even a picture of like uh, Asheru at South by Southwest standing next to the mayor, like in a DC as fuck shirt. And I was like, yeah, get it in. Has she worn one yet? Not yet, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna get her there. I feel like she might be a little fancy for that, but I think yeah. deep down inside she wants to wear one. But I, I think, think you're right. that I think maybe you're right. she like can't. But I should send her one. Just, just in send case. It to the whole city council. I should. That's At a great idea. See who wears it. That's a great idea. <laughs> I'm definitely going to do that. I got, you know, the funny thing is also the design is so clever that like as you're go, as I take my son to the playground in my DC is fuck <laughs> shirt, I forget. And like, <laughs> it's like somebody will look over and they're kind of like turning their head like, and you're like, oh, and you're like, oh my God. All yeah. Right, well, whatever. The only time I feel awkward about it is around kids. You know, there's been a couple of, like elevator exchanges where it's like, you know, they're five and they're staring straight at the word. It's like eye level with them, and I'm like, oh, and their parents are just looking at me like, you bitch. You know? But are there bad words anymore? I mean, do they well, exist? I well, mean, they're like there's certain like racially charged words, or there's ones that are, you know, maybe like, you know, the c word, right? Yeah. Like, nobody just, wants to hear that. That's just kind of disgusting. But. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, and you know, I don't know. So, you know, the DC is fuck thing is kind of an interesting thing. There's people who really hate it. They're just the loudest about it, but they're the smallest group of people. Um, And, you know, they don't even really have a reason, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. to to not like it. Um, But but some people will say, well, I really, I didn't want to have to explain to my child 
as we walked through the city what the word fuck meant. And I said, well, Jesus, that must be nice. Like, I, how are you going to handle, like, war, nuclear winter, right. racism, sexism, patriarchy? Like, man, that's going to be really hard for you if you can't handle fuck. You know what I mean? Like, I wish I lived it. in that world where the word fuck was, like, your biggest concern. <laughs> like, your kid might not make it home from school today because of, like, like really? Like, right. really? You're going to put that on the word fuck? Like, come on, man. You got to... You gotta lighten up, man. You know I what couldn't I mean? agree more. And couldn't I guarantee you, him and his little friends are at the park, park, going fuck, 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 like we all did when we first learned to curse. You know what I mean? We we all said every curse. I didn't word really under know what sun. a lot of them meant. You know, I remember like there were certain words. I was just like, what the hell are they talking? Yeah, about? Yeah, I thought Jesus, Mary, and Joseph were like cousins of mine <laughs> that were like gonna come visit one day. I, you know, I got a very Irish family. I'm like, who are these people? <laughs> you know, why are you always yelling at them? It's uh, I I hear you. You know. It's uh, it's one of those things, you know. People people like to pick their battles, and yeah, uh, fair enough. You know, for us, it's a um, it's a great source of revenue because uh, we don't sell a ton of shirts, but we sell a few. That's good. Uh, and I'm partnered up with Grindstone on that company, um, so it's not just me. If anybody's worried that a white woman owns that company, it's mm. actually two of us. Um, and every single shirt that gets sold actually helps out the artist collective. So. That's great. So you're supporting DC local art and music every time you buy a shirt. The shirts are printed here. They're made, you know what I mean? I like, love that. I mean, you can't be mad, you know? And that's the thing is that the, to me, there's this great culture that's grown up in DC. And, so, and, and, and actually, I don't like when people say like, oh, DC is like getting better. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Right. Like it's always been pretty exceptional pretty awesome. yeah. from my point of view, but I understand that maybe they didn't see that because they weren't looking for it. They weren't, I mean, right. I remember growing up and all the great punk culture around that and the constant air of, of uh, that go-go beat um, coming out of cars, coming out of corners, you know, right. like um, I, I coming thought- Coming out of the Metro PCS around the corner. Exactly. Yeah, you guys are right there. I feel like huh? when that place falls, gentrification wins. Dude, when that place falls, we're both buying subs and we're playing go-go in front of our businesses. Uh, yeah, fair we're enough. Like, fair okay, enough. you guys want to do that, then everybody in the neighborhood <laughs> is going to start. I'm serious. Yeah. I asked the guy, I said, you get complaints? He goes, every day. <laughs> every single day, but they got a noise reader and they go and they look and if it doesn't register over a certain thing. But these, you know, assholes at the Shea, I'm sure, are just calling... It's go-go music. Get out of here. I mean, just leave DC. Like, literally, get out of here. <laughs> I think, I mean, but but that whole culture out of it and, and, and R.I.P., like, Cool Disco Dan yeah. and just, uh, you know, the, the, the street art, the everything. I mean, I, it was, like, part of my, it's part of my imagination because I grew up with it. Exactly. Um, and, and now I see that there's many great things. Maybe it's expanded more. Right. I can see there's more people here. That makes sense, but... But D.C. to me has always been a great place. And, uh, you know, we're, we're lucky and happy to be a part of that life, the life here. Yeah. You know I mean? And the, the, we think of the Papa Bar, which, we're, you know, we've seen this. It's expanded in terms of the media everywhere. You know, mm. we, I've been on Russian. <laughs> Are you serious? Like, people interviewing me Russian. I see myself dubbed in Russian. And what's funny is that I kind of think I'm Russian when I hear that. I'm just That's like, awesome. I look Russian. You know? but, uh, <laughs> maybe you are. Maybe, maybe I am. Maybe your parents have been lying to you. you know? They might have been. They, they did lie about a few things, <laughs> to know? be honest with you. Probably for your own protection. I'm sure, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 you know, it's like, and it's, we were in, in Chinese news and French news. It's, it's like so all crazy. over the place. Um, and I'm and I'm really we feel very grateful for that. Um, but we know that this bar belongs and belongs to DC, you know. Right, right. Um, and it's part of who we are. That and, and so we, you know, it, it it could have existed nowhere else in my mind. Yeah, that's super yeah. cool, man. I really, you know, it's funny. I was looking, um, showing the staff, and we were looking at videos and stuff. 
And like some guy just did like a little video blog about the bar and it got 10,000 views. And I was like, damn it, why didn't we do something? We really, we're, we're 10 feet from the joint. We really should have. Because, yeah, I mean, people all over the world were talking about you. I mean, it's. Yeah. There was know. one video that got like 12 million views. And that's <laughs> what? very that's interesting a- to us. I mean, like, like I said, we just, we are a small team. It's all pretty organic. Um, we do work with somebody who does our media. Um, your media team, but they're it's all just great. people who, like, are into it. You know, our our right. our uh, um, basically our press person, the person who does our social media. Her name is Farah. She's uh, owns Dim Sum Media. I just you know her and I became friends because we like punk rock. Ah, you know has I mean? like, she been with you this whole time? No, is she a recent? The, uh, yeah, she. I mean, She's your media it. has always been great. It has been, and we've worked with many really great people along the way. I mean, way. I, I've given you shit before about how like write they write articles when you quit drinking. I'm like, you quit drinking, and they write articles. Like, I can't get them to write a single <laughs> article about me. And you're like, yeah, I'm gonna take a month off. They're like, tell us more, Derek. <laughs> tell us more. Give us the scoop. I'm like, you bastard. How does he do that? But you must have a really I well. Mean, you're you have not to really have a great media team. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you're not really a celebrity until, unless people are asking you about your diet. You know, so right, I mean, that's super it. personal. <laughs> but it's fried chicken and donuts and whiskey, if anybody's asking. But um, And Calabash. Yeah. I eat my, like, personal body weight. and That's basically my hospital. Oh, I, like, I go in there, in I'm the like, how do I, you know, and... <laughs> so, uh, sometimes they just look at me and they go, don't talk. And they just <laughs> start putting shots and things in front of me. Do this one first. I'm like, okay. Um, I love that place. It's a really great Sinyata place. Doctor Sinata, she's amazing and uh, with has so much skill, um, and that's beautiful. I mean, it's like a great way to heal yourself. Is really, I mean, obviously there's conventional medicine, and I think that's important for certain circumstances. But taking care of yourself, being helpful, um, uh, you know, using tea and different herbs for as sure. a supplements, I think that's really important. And I mean, um, it, it's in line. I mean, you know, as a mixologist uh-huh. or an herb, herboli- herb herbalist, herbalist, you know, like, yeah. you know, you have to recognize the value. You know, a little sprig of rosemary like changes your whole drink. A little, you know, basil yeah. changes the whole. And so it can do the same thing for your nervous system and your, you know, uh, your, your, your right. wellness. And and I think people write that off a lot. Oh, what's a, what's a tea gonna do? Son, that shit will change your world. Don't That's get right. it twisted. Like you know. We definitely recognize when we make cocktails that there's certain things that will affect. I mean, really, we're in the business of affecting people's mood and behavior. You know what I mean? That's a lot of what we do. And it sounds kind of weird when you put it like that. But um, we're serving a substance that has this psychoactive property um, and and changes people's perception. Um, As I drink my Jameson. (laughs) Shout out to Jameson. What's up? Future sponsor. (laughs) So... It's not different than an herbalist in that regard. Um, but we know that, like, if you put mint in a, a drink, that it has these aromas right. that awaken people or a right. lemon. Um, or the uh, the orange on the blue mm-hmm. moon. I, I recently learned you're actually just supposed to smell the rind mm-hmm. uh, before you drink it, and that's what changes the, um, the drink. It's so right. they actually don't want you to get the orange in the drink. They mm-hmm. just want you to smell the rind before you sip it. Smell the rind. Smell the rind. Smell the rind. That's a great, like, tagline. Smell the rind. Buy the ticket, smell the rind. <laughs> Something like that. I don't think that's going to become the new DC slogan. I don't think it's going to stick. DC, yet. smell the rind. Smell the rind. Yeah, man. Yeah, DC is not a town you really want to smell a lot of. You know? Well, I will say this about DC. It smells a whole hell of a lot better than New York. Mm. That is the one thing we should be very proud of. New York Indeed. smells like pee. It does. All I was of just it. there. I had a great time. There's amazing bars up in New York. 
um, amazing restaurants and great and great people. But honestly, the smell, they need to fix that. Well, it's kind of like back when we first landed on this country and the streets of New York were just filled with piss and shit, you know? It mm -hmm. hasn't really changed. Nope. But, I mean, when you get that many people in one place, yeah, you know? Yeah, but I don't think people really realize that. Like, when they look at and they might compare different cities like New York and D.C., I mean, the comparison isn't there just in terms of population. Yes. D.C., as we were talking about, such a great city, but it's always, in my mind, punched above its weight class. You know what I mean? It's always been a better city. Right. Um based on the size i mean we have what six hundred and fifty thousand people who actually live here something like that yeah maybe a little bit higher but, but it, yeah it is growing i'm so i might have an older statistic it's pretty crazy you know i'll pull this up again real quick but i i was looking recently at the population of dc <coughs> and on google they have this cool little slider map and so what's crazy is we're not even at our peak uh population Oh, yeah, that was like, what, in the uh, 80s or something? So, yeah, or, or, in, or 60s, in 60s. 1944, <laughs> 800. mm -hmm. 881,000 people lived here. Yeah, We're currently at 681,000. So, literally, 200,000 more people lived here. Actually, 899. 899,000 was the peak in 1946. That's crazy. And it's funny because, I mean, there was just so many. It was such uh, a, an interesting group in D.C. I know it had its issues and problems, but... I mean, my family, I'm a third generation Washingtonian. Oh, okay, so, right on. So my great-great-grandfather's a chief of police in D.C. for oh, a short shit. time. And, um, you Does know, that get you out of parking tickets No, they don't even know. I'm like, hey, Mike. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, he's on the website. I'm like, look it up. Man. Right, you know? right. Like, give me a phone. <laughs> Take but, me out of these handcuffs. Just give me a phone. I'll prove it. <laughs> but I think the funny thing about it is that, like, you know, my um, – my uh, father lived in D.C., his, his uh, mother, my grandmother lived in D.C. Um, and then, you know, there was these changes. Obviously, like a lot of a lot of times people ask, well, what changed it? And I think everybody kind of understands that it had a lot to do with 1968 and the, the, sure. the, 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 um, yeah. the, you know, basically riots and racial issues that were going on. And, and it wasn't a pretty thing. Um, no. And it was funny because just a, like I think it was last Thanksgiving I was talking to my dad about it because I'd never really talked to him about it. He was in the Vietnam War and um, he was a Marine or is a Marine sometimes. I don't know how that Semper Fi <laughs> yeah, stuff works. Forever. Um, forever. But I think like he was telling me the story of how he was embedded in a army unit that was then deployed in the streets of D.C. So they're us literally using suppressive tactics that they used Holy in Vietnam shit. What, right during the, the during the riots, yeah, and 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 it, it was funny because he was not funny. Sorry, funny is a poor choice of words in that context. He was, you know, doing this, and and this was like on streets that he like knew families for it. He knew people, right, you know, right. And he said it was such a conflict in his mind and his life. I'm sure. And I can't even imagine what everyone went through in that time, you know, because DC still has lots of issues. Um, certainly has issues but wow i yeah. mean that was just right in the surface and it was literally almost I a can't war can't even imagine yeah. yeah so like looking at the population so in 1947 it was at 899 and then in 1962 it was at 788 and it actually went up a little bit and to 791 in 1967 mm -hmm. and then 19 69 you know 762 and then it just continued to drop plummets, so in 1983 yeah. it was down to 632 and it was just yeah. a steady decline yeah and so yeah and i mean really the 80s 
They're not super fun around these parts either. So really didn't see any kind of leveling out here mm -hmm. until early 2000s. Yeah. That's when the population started to level out. And then it looks like here in like 2008 is actually when it started to grow again. Right. So from 2008 to not now, it's 100,000 people have moved here. Right. And like 70% of them are assholes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. If you're listening to that, I'm sure you're not one of them. But. Well, it could be a challenge, I mean, for people to kind of understand D.C.'s history, what we went through, and, and uh, you know, how a lot of the outcomes in D.C. are still very racially charged. And, for sure. And I think that, like, it's important that we kind of address those a little bit more. Um, and I think I, for the most part, you know, I think the government has done a, a good job of that, but it's hard, you know. It lot. is hard. Well, and you know, with the Trump administration, you know. Oh, I mean, our local government. That one, I don't even. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that's I mean, another animal altogether. Yeah. Well, our, they you hate know, us. I think, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of starting to tune into, like, politics because I recognize as a business owner, mm -hmm. I need to, like, know more about local politics mm -hmm. so that I know, you know, just what's going on. And uh, I definitely have been inclined to get more involved, but I just don't really know where to start. And right. so sometimes I think just like helping someone else who is more capable, helping sure. them achieve their goals is probably the move. But um, it's definitely an interesting time to be in D.C. You know, it's a, you know, with the current administration. Um, Do you ever get this? Do people come up to you and say like, hey, how's everything going in D.C.? As if like, we were under <laughs> right, siege right. by this, like, foreign invader right. with orange skin and crazy hair. Well, I mean, You're I think like, we, what? Were, we were all kind of worried about that at first. <laughs> I mean, I know I was. I was like, shit, am I going to be able to smoke weed in public still? Like, where's my sense of security gone, you know? But, um, I mean, obviously much more than that. But, you know, nobody really knew what was going to happen. But he's never here, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, I think the people that really are hit worst are Mar-Lago, the the people yeah. who are, work there, I can't even imagine what their lives are like. <laughs> That's true. It must really <laughs> suck, man. I saw some article recently. There was like talking about like uh, his daughter and the husband are like not being received well, and they're like, yeah, because everyone in DC hates you. Like ninety four percent of people voted for someone else. That's right. Ninety four. I think that's a higher percentage than Berkeley. Right. California. So. Like, yeah, I feel yeah. like that's historic. Yeah, like ninety four. Like, I was actually going to make 94%er stickers, like, right after the, uh, <laughs> you know, just, like, like that's not us. Like, don't, you know what I mean? Don't. Oh, and we love the Obamas. We don't do, worry. man. Yeah. We do. You know, it's kind of like, that's why I don't like the um, the Will Ferrell bar guy, because he's a New York guy. And he mm. was quoted in the paper saying, uh, you know, I was going to come to D.C. with this idea, but I know it's political town. It's Trump's town. I didn't know how it would be received. And I want to, like throw it like light a book on fire and throw it at him like i'm like what are you talking like if you're gonna come here and make money off us at least know your market you wanker like come yeah on, exactly man. we exactly. don't love trump here no. just because the white house is here like do you know did you look at the polls man did you see how we voted this is not trump's town they're like, always projecting on trump tower something yeah. like trump is a pig robin bell man he's oh, such a beast he's a genius the commitment that he has to mm -hmm. that you know shout out to robin bell yep. if he's listening great dude. i always like give him a thumbs up and i was mad respect but but for real, shout out to that guy because he's mm -hmm. out there all the time, not getting paid by anybody, loading his expensive ass equipment on top of his minivan and driving that shit around right. at risk, to, you know? at risk. You know, I mean, especially, you know, talking shit about the president. 
Yeah. I mean, do you remember those Saturday Night Live skits? And they were like, if you're like, I'm going to kill the president, and then like Secret Service would like come in. <laughs> and so like, you're like, never ever say that. Like, I feel like ever since Trump has just gone out the window, people just make fun of him all the time. Like, oh, that, yeah. Like, any respect for the presidency is like gone, flushed right down the, the Trump toilet. You know what I mean? But, uh, but I, but still mad respect to, to Robin for mm-hmm. doing that because he's definitely pushing some buttons. You oh, know? Yeah. No, he definitely is. And he's a, a great artist, uh, yeah. videographer, and yeah, yeah. I need to hit him up about a gig. Actually, hopefully he'll do some work with me. If you're listening. Robin, hopefully he's yeah. listening right now. I know. I didn't just gas you up to do the gig. I swear. <laughs> but crazy. So, uh, so, so you live in D.C. Third generation, man. Yeah. That's super cool. So yeah, I live in D.C. I live on um, like Capitol Hill area, not oh, far okay. from RFK. Nice. You um, still live right over there on East Capitol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm basically North on North Carolina and Fifteenth. So. Oh no. Oh, that's I was on East Capitol in fifteenth. Oh, awesome! Right there, man. Great area. I mean, I I love it because it's uh, it, you know, these are neighborhoods. Yeah. Um, lots of families <laughs> have lived there, uh, for a long time. Um, a couple new people in there, obviously, but um, it feels like a a great community. Capitol Hill is chill. I I've lived in Trinidad for most of my DC okay. proper existence. I was on Orleans Place, and then uh, now I live over off Bladensburg. You know, Trinidad proper. Mm-hmm. But I spent like three years on uh, East Cap in mm. in uh, Capitol Hill, and that's nice up there, man. Lots of flowers, lots of yeah. grass, lots of parks. Yeah, you know, you can go for walks. And yeah, shit. right near Lincoln Park, yeah. and so that's where my son plays. And although th- that statue in Lincoln Park, man, real so weird, so right? Sketchball. <laughs> so sketchball, so sketchball. Mike, not even gonna talk about it. <laughs> if you know Lincoln Park, you know what I'm talking about. It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty like, weird. Is this really, what, what? All right, never mind. But at least the uh, Bethune, uh, Mary Bethune uh-huh. on it is in the That's same right. park, right? Or is it yeah. in the next one? No, it's on the other end, right? Yeah, I think it's on With the With the kids end. and mm-hmm. stuff? Yeah. That's right. And so that makes up for it, you know what I mean? But what a weird-ass statue, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're like, who? Oh, People movie. are Googling it right now. What the hell? No, seriously. All you got, yeah, just. Just Google. Just Google and then hit image and you'll be like. Oh. oh. <laughs> Right on. So, uh, so what's so what's next for you? You 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 got any? You know, are you gonna, you know, what what are you gonna do next? Now, and I don't mean like the Game of Thrones bar, but you know, right. now you're not a guy with three dollars in your bank account. You're, you know, well, you have slightly more of an idea. Theoretically, what you do with so, your life. yeah, <laughs> yeah, I figured it <laughs> out a, a little bit more. I mean, you know, the thing is that it's been great to be part of the bartending community and grow that and kind of like feel like we made an impact on the way people uh, drink and eat and look at it. Say at, so. Yeah. And so that feels really good. But I think that, you know, for me, as I grow older, I do feel less a part of that community. I certainly respect it. But, you know, I don't go out and drink as much. Yeah. I don't hang out as we're much. We're getting old, Derek. Yeah, you know, can't be rock stars all the time. Can't be rock. And that's what it is. The like life twice of, a night, twice a week. The life of <laughs> a bartender is a petite rock star. You it know? is. And, and I think that, and I don't mean that because people run up to you and, and fanfare. I mean, literally because you have access to all the things that rock stars have except fame. And um, sleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think that, like, over time, it can be quite a drag. Um, people, especially bartenders now, are focusing a lot more on being healthy, on, on finding a sense of balance in their lifestyle, uh, which I think is very positive. And that's certainly something that I've found over time. Um, I'm now, I'm turning 43 this year. It's an important mm. that I leave that behind. You know, yeah, and so wait, is forty three like a number for you? For like, me, is it's a number. It's like that's where the shit's got to stop. You well, know? you know, you look back and you spend about twenty twenty years <laughs> or more, right? Um, 
you know, living the life of a vampire, you know, yeah, working yeah. till four in the morning, cleaning and drinking. Till I, eight I, I can't do it. Like to me, owning a bar would be torture. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would hate it. Yeah. I would absolutely hate it. Uh, just, you know, coming back into the same places every day, the, the smell of the back room. I mean, you got to really love it. You know what I mean? Um, you got to really love it. I love bartending and I love mm-hmm. those interactions. Well, that's I mean, that's the thing is that like. I did. I really did love it. And at a point I thought I would never not bartend. You know, I just thought it fulfilled all these aspects of me. It's like creative. It was social. Right. social exactly. Um, you know, made good money, all of these yeah. things. And then there's just a certain point where I realized I was like, I'm getting tired, staying up all the time. I want to have a family life. It takes it out of you. And it takes it out of you. And I think that that's a natural. So for me, the number is 43. For that, that number could be anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's, it's 17 to somebody. I don't know. Right. Maybe it's 67 for another person. Well, you know, I feel it. For me, everything goes in phases. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, we work a lot of late nights here, but not 4 a.m., you know? And that makes it different. Now, you know, Mike, our engineer over here, he works a lot of late nights because he also DJs on the weekend. Mm-hmm. So I feel for him because yeah. he'll DJ till 4, get home by 5, and then he's back here at right. noon, which, yeah. you know, it's not very much time to get some actual sleep and get uh, back, you know? No, it's not. Um. But for the most part, you know, we've kind of cut back on doing a lot of events and stuff because people just don't, you know, they think it's such a glamorous life. I mean, it ain't shit glamorous about 4.30 in the morning, man. I promise you, like, no. you know, uh, sober, not sober, it doesn't mean it wears on you. And it does, yeah. You, you can't get your errands done in the day because by the time you wake up, everything's closing. I mean, it really, it is a vampire well, uh, also lifestyle the, the, in a lot the of sort ways. of your expectations around life become very strange because everybody is between the age of 25 and 45, mostly attractive. Um, everybody's drinking, uh, right. doing other things. You know, after a while that our interactions become very kind of routine, actually, which is mm. what is exceptional for most people becomes routine for you. And then you sort of kind of look at it like, you know, what's best is that I kind of just live some kind of internal healthy life for sure uh, focus on my family focus on for my sure. friendships um try I, to yeah try to do good things in the city where we can right um and meaning have some meaning and purpose exactly. behind it. yeah and i think that that's where i'm at not everybody is in the same place um everyone has their own journey so i mean um, i think that's the natural progression of mm-hmm. things right you know you find your way a little bit you see what works what doesn't work what you like what you don't like and then as we get older we're supposed to craft that into something better you that's know right. I mean, that's that's the goal you know like uh and, and sort of like relate. your 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 place of uh like i guess where you think from changes it becomes more centered in your actual brain yeah. instead of you know sort of like let's do this let's do that and experience let's eat it up you know right um, and I'm, I'm glad for that. And, and actually, it's funny because it, how it comes back to bars is that I see people in the bars um, and I've, I, I, you know, I study anthropology in school. Right. Um, I really always been sort of like keen on observing humans and what they do. And it's it's kind of familiar. Like I see people doing the same things over and over again. And right. And sometimes I want to be like, hey, <laughs> you don't. this is not what you really want to do here. Right. You don't want to grab the dragon. A lot of people just like would grab the dragon in the back of right. Game of Thrones pub. And I'm like, you don't want to do that. Like, you don't need another drink now. You just kind of want to, you should go home. <laughs> <laughs> like watch half an episode of How I Met Your Mother and like <laughs> eat a cold out. burrito and right. pass out. Like, like, and get a beef patty like yeah. the rest of us. Yeah, you yeah. don't need to act like that idiot. And have one more drink and put everybody here at risk and make everyone feel uncomfortable.
well, that's no fun at all. You know what I mean? But I will say that, like, even though there are those people, 90% of the people who came through the bar, I was really surprised at how awesome they were. I mean, I feel like, you know, if you wait that long to get in a line someplace, you better not be a dick about it mm-hmm. when you get in, right? Like, you've earned it. So there's yeah. a little more social, like, you know, equity there. You're like, that's all right. right, I've invested into this. I'm going to get my dragon's claw drink or whatever it may be <laughs> and, you know, keep it moving. But right on. Well, that's super cool, man. I feel like, you know, it's definitely important to have a outside life. Like, I, I ride a bike, you know, yeah. um, big on that as a lot, you know, everyone knows, I guess. And uh, I'd lead a weekly bike ride called Soul Roll every Monday night and that's that's my jam you that's know like awesome. you know a lot of people in this town show me love and I'm super grateful for that and it, you know it's nice to go out and to be recognized I, I'm sure you understand yeah. and then other times it's just painful sometimes I'm like dude I just cried in the bathroom like I'm going I don't like you know or like you get that night off and you don't want to talk about work and people be like so what's what's the next big goal for one love? And you're like, right. dude, it's midnight, yo. Can I like, can I just uh, be drunk in the corner? You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of hard. Then you feel like a jerk because you're like, you know, you want to be grateful. Like, thank you for being supportive and paying right. attention for asking me. Like, I don't want to be an asshole, but like, I really don't want to talk about like the perspectives for the company right now. And I'm sure that's difficult for you because I'm sure that happens all the time. So like for me, my bike friends are my shit because they don't give a fuck. Like they represent one love. They wear the stickers or they're, they're mad supportive. But they're not asking me those questions. That's right. You know, we we go sit in parks. We'll go get a six-pack and a bottle, and we'll go to, uh, we call DuPont Circle the lake, you know. (laughs) And uh, you you can surprisingly sit around and smoke weed and drink alcohol in lots of places in the city and not be bothered by the police. And that's my jam, you know. Go have a couple sips, maybe drink a beer, hang out with my friends, and then go home. Yeah. You know, and not spend a ton of money in the bar and and just kind of get a break from that because no one's asking me anything about work when we're sitting at DuPont Circle. Well, one know? of the things that I get a lot is people going, you know what you should do? Oh, man, that's <laughs> my favorite. That's my favorite. And, you know, so, on occasion it might be a, a, a pearl of fucking wisdom. Right. You know, you're like, thank you. That's, that's actually that's really actually a great really idea. Legit, yeah. However. Yeah, 99.9997% of the time. Yeah, it doesn't always. Yeah. So, you know, I do encourage people to just uh, say, hey, how are you Just doing? enjoy Instead it. You of know like, what, I mean? oh, what are you doing now? Instead of like, here's what you should do. Here's what you should do. People here's tell me the how- next pop-up Oh, yeah, theme. I got the best idea for you. I don't have any ideas for you. Just as long as I can come drink there, wherever it is, yeah. that's all I care about. <laughs> yeah, people tell me that. You know what you should do? Oh, please tell me. <laughs> And then my, my response is, cool, you paying for it? Right. And then, oh, yeah, everybody's like, well, you should get a personal assistant you worked in with. I'm like, sweet, you paying? Yeah, that I, also costs <laughs> money. Yeah. Who, you know, like, what am I, royalty? <laughs> I get a personal assistant? What is, I don't even know what that would, I, I, I'd feel bad. I'd probably be, like, helping them with their work. Like, I, I wouldn't even know what to do with myself if someone's only job was to help me. I, my Irish guilt would kick in. I'd yeah, yeah. Be making I, them food or something. I don't know, man. I know that guilt pretty well. Yeah, it's embedded in my gene pool. I can't get rid of it. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, yeah, it, you know, it's it's uh, it's fun being a business owner. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean, it's a different kind of thing. But I wouldn't trade it for the world. No, I will say, I will say, it's a it's a great city. Um, well, that's a goal. It's, a, it's just to it's do cool city. shit. You it know is, what I mean? and and people are mad supportive, and yeah. um, people pay attention to a lot more than you think. Yeah. 
Uh, and, and that's what I've really noticed, you know, in, in meeting people that, uh, you know, I have a lot of Facebook friends, as you do, too, that I don't really know. Because I kind of did right. this, like, social experiment, like, years ago, and I kind of fucked with the Facebook algorithms, and I mm -hmm. figured some shit out. And I was getting literally hundreds of friend requests in a day. Okay, wow. Um, but it was, like, years ago, and I started off on a social media tip. I was working for a couple bars, and I was really trying to maximize their audience. And so I learned that you can't do it anymore, but you could search by... Um, location and like um, universities and schools and graduating oh. years and so I would go into like a certain area I did like bread sodas social media so I go into like Cleveland Heights you know what I mean Cleveland Park whatever it is yeah. and then like look for like AU students or wh whoever it was that's really smart and I would friend request a bunch of them and mm -hmm. then I'd wait like a week and I'd go back and I'd run the same search and then I would friend request everybody that I had mutual friends with now okay and I just kept doing that over and over again in different areas so wow. I would specifically reach those people for the targeting but this and, is no longer an and then it no everybody out there who's like working in so like well, you know, yeah i know it. i'm like well in 1997 you would have killed it with it well no not 97 <laughs> but 2005 i don't know right. what it was but um not even though 2009 i guess but uh my friend liz rudner she hit me up she's like hey uh she reminded me of this uh, a few weeks ago she was like uh i had just had a uh, couple spinal surgeries uh -huh. in my neck and i wasn't able to work and i was like fuck man what am i gonna do she was like dude i, I run these social media for these bars and i really don't want to do it you want to do it and i was like yeah she gave me some tips and I, you know, wow. submerged myself in that. Because at the time I was spending a lot of time playing this online mafia game. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, when you have like, I had two uh, spinal surgeries in yeah. 06 and 09. Wow. I spent a lot of time recovering from those in okay. my neck. And it was really fucked up and I couldn't leave the house. So I, I got like all into this like online mafia game and right. I was robbing banks and stealing from families, but all online, of course. But it was a great time. You but were being I, immoral, but within the context yes. of a fantasy world. It was so. great. I'd be on Skype, like, sell all the drugs, hit the Horg headquarters, do a drive-by. And then people at the store would be looking at me like, what the fuck? I'm like, I'm on a Skype call, man. But <laughs> that was a whole other part of my life. But, uh, but yeah, after that, it was just like, you know, I'm at home. I don't have anything to do. And I'm just, I'm a, I'm a you know, Russell Crowe in a beautiful mind. Like, yeah. I can just, like, I'm into numbers and patterns and shit. And so... I just started getting on there and freaking the system, and it just started snowballing. And thousands, you know, hundreds of requests a day would be coming in. That's awesome. Literally at one point, and I would accept everybody. Yeah. So now I have five thousand friends that are like the most random ass assortment of people ever. It like literally spans like from far left to far right, yeah. you know, um, and all different ages. And um, sometimes I'm like. Christ almighty, how did this happen? But most of the time, I'm really grateful for this random-ass assortment of friends, especially the ones that have stuck around who are really supportive of me and One Love, and I've never even met so many of them. That's right. And it's really cool, you know what I mean? Uh, it's I really cool. I see the same thing, and, and you know, it's, it's really interesting because recently I had a post where I was like, you know what, I was like kind of having this brief interaction with a, a friend of mine via... Um, Instagram messages or something and and I saying you know nobody really puts like their worst times well actually that's not true because people do post um, yeah, you know some negative not right. negative things but experiences they have right. on Facebook but it's not generally like somebody in my position would do that generally what I would yeah. do is just kind of keep saying hey everything's awesome everything's awesome look right. at this look at this and I posted something that was a little different than that which I, I later kind of regretted in a way because I felt Maybe it, it, it kind of was read the wrong way by some people. But um, I got all this support from people saying, like, no, real is great. We don't see that enough. This was wonderful. This helped me. This was, you know, changed 
the way I look at stuff or, you know, just people really were happy to hear somebody that they thought is successful or they thought is doing a great job. For it's sure. like, guess what? I'm fucking miserable sometimes too. Amen. You know I mean? <laughs> like, I'm the same way. I'm very vocal about like women's rights right. and it's because I've been through some abusive situations and I'm very Sorry, vocal yeah. and yeah. like, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. And a lot of times women aren't believed. And so I believe women and I stand up for them right, and I fight for them. And I'm very active about that and vocal about that. And I think that's really empowered a lot of other women mm -hmm. to see, you know, like, you know, I think people put us on pedestals sometimes, yeah. you know, and they think, you know, like I said, everything's great all the time. And it's not like, not. you know, it's not at all. Like, you know what I mean? I don't have anything figured out, man. I just I have a resiliency for failure. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, I it's can, like that. It's like if you let's say you go through a breakup. You know what I mean? And you're sitting there thinking, God, this is the this is the first time this happened in the whole fucking world. And I'm miserable. And then you put on a Rolling Stones song. Right. And that was Mick Jagger, you know, like one of the richest musicians of all time. Right. One of like the most talented musicians. And his life sucked for a minute. Right. How could it have not if he wrote that, you know, certain song? Exactly. So it's like, oh, I'm yeah. not alone. We're not alone. And, and people, I think, give a... This can sometimes be negative towards social media, and I'm not saying that they're always wrong. Sometimes it does take us away from important interactions and experiences. Mm -hmm. But that community of people, and, and sometimes people you don't know, can be a really empowering and wonderful thing, and especially sharing stories that are not always getting out there in the world. You know, I, I think about exactly what you're saying about um, you know what women can sometimes go through men can go through it too for but, sure for but sure. unfortunately it's weighted the other way most of the time um, and being able to say directly to people this is what I went through and have that support I think that's pretty critical and, and sharing stories about it it's helped me to kind of understand more I'll tell you that you know one of the things that we work on a, a, as a bar a lot and you asked me earlier if there's anything I kind of wanted to plug or promote um, I would say this is, you know, we've done a lot of work with safe bars and Which trying awesome. to, to look at how we can, as a company um, and as people, really, you know, reduce sexual violence and sexual harassment within our mm -hmm. within our bars. Because, you know, one of the issues is that alcohol becomes weaponized, essentially. For sure. Um, and that's not the fault of alcohol, but but we can look at it and as, as people who are not just bystanders, but they are in the space. We have eyes on the space. We're sober. We know what's going on. Right. We can watch out for people. We can care for people and, and, and try to help them out of situations that could potentially be dangerous or violent or exactly. even worse for them. Exactly. Well, know? I appreciate you doing that. I think it's really important. You know, a lot of times that stuff is, you know, kind of brushed over, especially in the restaurant industry, just in, in every city. I mean, there's a lot of issues. You know, recently some information came out about a guy who works at Lay Diplomat who okay. had sexually assaulted quite a few women. Um, yeah, and uh, it wasn't Awful. until, uh, you know, one of the women who was, who was assaulted, um, who was raped, you mm -hmm. know, I shouldn't say assaulted, she was fucking raped. Uh, she was jogging, yeah. and he tackled her in an alley and raped her. Um, so it's not like they work together. There's no gray area in right. that, you know? No. Um, and, uh, you know, the bar was notified and they didn't do anything about it. And then when the Washington Post article came out, then they fired him right. a year afterwards. And so, uh, no, in their defense, they didn't know anything about okay, him when they enough. hired yeah. him. And as an employer, I understand it's not just so easy to get rid of people especially really bad people because right. they're the ones that tend to sue you there's not and a they can really you know so it's never as black and white as there's not like a questionnaire that they felt in the beginning that says right. are you a sexual have predator? you ever raped anyone yeah, right no. you know that would take a lot of time out of the process but um 
But, you know, it's, you know, and it's just crazy because, you know, this this woman has been treated terribly by a lot of people. And even when it, the article came out, there's people even right. in the comments section, me, you know, terrible humans. Never you know? read the comment section. Why does the Never comment section even exist? I don't know. You know, like you got to really wonder. Like, so I have a, we have a comment section on our website, uh-huh. but nobody ever really uses it. Good. But the second <laughs> anybody started to use it to hurt people, I would just shut that shit down. Why does the Washington, oof, why does the Washington Post need a comment section? Why does the Huffington, why does any major publication need a comment section? You just section? want that interaction with guests, but, but it is but it's all truly trolling. terrible sometimes. The trolling is unbelievable. I don't even, you know, like I feel guilty and bad. I think maybe it's that Irish Catholic guilt, <laughs> but I, you know, it's like I feel guilty and bad. Like when somebody really legitimately wrongs me, and then I tell them, "Hey, you wronged me." Afterwards, I think about it for a while. I'm like, I don't know. They're not a bad person. Or they really <laughs> right. mean it. Right. So like trolling people is like beyond my capability. I don't understand. Maybe every now and then I can throw one jab, and then I kind of like, oh, oh shit, maybe right. I should have said that. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like trolls are just like the lowest common denominator because the easiest thing to do on the planet is upset somebody. Right. It's you know. It's the easiest thing yeah. to do, you know? So, but, uh, yeah, fuck the comments section, man. You know what I mean? Uh, it, I don't know. It's like this weird balance between reality and non-reality. So, like, mm-hmm. in my everyday life, I'm surrounded by amazing people. I go to Calabash. I run an e- You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it's all love and community and just good shit. And then I get on the internet, and I'm like, we're fucking doomed. We're fucking <laughs> doomed. The planet's on fire. Shit is crazy. People are raping everyone. and You know what I mean? And it's yeah. just so hard. And then you read all these shitty comments in the comments section. And, but, you know, if you ran into that guy down the street, he wouldn't have to common you no, know we'd never say that to say you. that yeah. you, so it's just this weird like dichotomy of like real life versus online life and or not even online life but just like you know i feel like we all low-key have ptsd because like yeah. how can you just scroll through so much fucking destruction from all over the world and not be affected on some level you know i, I get this uh message last night from a friend of mine he's like hey you want to grab a drink before the war I was just like, oh my God. Jesus Christ. I was like, I actually really do. Actually, yeah, Yeah. now, let's go right now. Where are we leaving? Yeah. No. Yeah, well, you know, shout out to that. So, do you have a go bag? I've been asking this a lot of everybody. What is a go bag? So, a go bag is like the, oh, fuck, here we go bag. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. You know, the funny thing is I kind of, like, do think of myself... Like, I like the survivalist stuff a little bit. Like, I'm like, all right, we need five gallons of water and we right. need you know, cliff bars for a week. I don't, right. you know, like, I have a buck night, you know, like, right. I'm a little bit redneck, not in the bad way, in the <laughs> right. good way, you know, like where I can fire a in gun. I know way. how to shoot a gun. Right. I mean, you know? I can come in handy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I think that, like, it, it is, you know, I haven't, no. I guess the, the short answer is I, I think I'm it might embarrassed. Be time. I do not have a proper go. I mean, I don't either. I've been talking a lot of shit about it, but I haven't I done it. I did spend a lot of time last week on the internet learning how to survive a nuclear attack. Oh. Um, about where to go. Now, if you're in the direct blast zone, you're gone. You're done. There's, unless so, you are going to somehow get superpowers from the gamma radiation. Ooh. Which is, is our that only an option? Ho- That's it's your great. only hope if you get directly I'm aiming for there. that, but... Well, um, my plan is okay. I'm going to jump on my bike and go to the Yards Park and steal a boat. Okay. Okay. And then we're headed to Baltimore, and my friend's going to commandeer a cruise ship. I don't know how realistic any of this is, but I feel like as long as you have a plan. Sometimes I feel like the only problem with the cruise ship is they have problems with the shitters all the time. So I think that, uh, that might be, there might be an issue around that. But think yeah. about how many people And that's not easy to, like, poop off the deck. To be no, you could you. fall and just chum right there. Chum. But, you know, in, in an apocalyptic situation, a cruise ship could come in handy. Yes. Yeah, I agree. 
I, I wonder agree. how hard it is to like hot rod a cruise ship. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't think it's like a wire thing. I don't you think know, so either. Red and blue, and then all yeah, of a sudden, yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. It's like, <laughs> so you're gonna have to find somebody in your crew in your life. You know how like it's like nice in your life to have like a friend who's a lawyer, right? A friend who's a bartender or was a bartender, right? Um, to have a, like a you know different kind of a friend who was a car thief, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. A, a drug dealer, not for me, but you know the thing. <laughs> the thing is that like you get to this point where you have this collection for but now we really are missing one key person, and that is a cruise ship captain. Uh, yeah, we need like or, captain yes. fucking Steuben is what we Steubing. need. You know it's so funny because I was calling myself Julie the other night. I was like, I'll have drinks ready on the deck. I'll be the cruise director. At cruise activity director, but um, I mean, besides some uh, some some obvious differences, I would like to be Isaac Washington. You know the Isaac yeah, exactly. Double <laughs> I know. That you don't guy look was like awesome. him, but your attitude yeah. is on par. You know what I mean? I think we would be friends in real life. He had a killer mustache. Oh my god! And you know what? It was always that doc guy who was getting the chicks. Yeah, which is really weird. Yeah, because he was that like, oh, sucked. Yeah, he did suck. He was creepy. He was. So I bet he had cold fingers. He looked like. <laughs> cold finger kind of a guy but isaac washington was like he was such a so genuine confident. guy he's always listening to people you know that's how, all how anybody really needs in the world on that show? Oh, yeah. <laughs> gopher was just ripped straight up oh man i'm gonna watch some i haven't watched love boat in a long time i'm gonna i don't think you'll enjoy it i remember like a few years ago i was like oh man love boat let's Wow, that this was I used to watch terrible, this, yeah. and it was like it was even better. It was the Love Boat where they run into Fantasy Island. Oh shit! Right, um, that's epic. Everything feels sad about it. <laughs> everything you're like uh, watching, you're like this tattoo guy or whatever. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. they're really like making him run around like a trained monkey. It's kind of embarrassing. Oh no! And then you're you know you see like. I don't know, just the Ricardo, you know, like everything yeah. is sort of stereotypical and weird. Yeah. And I, actually, all old television is kind of like that. Like I, yeah. I loved Buck Rogers as a kid, uh-huh. and then I watched an episode of that like I don't know five or ten years ago, and it's nothing but sexual innuendos. I'm like, why did my parents <laughs> let me watch this? He's like, hey, Aaron, let me park my spaceship in your dock. You know, what I mean, it's like the worst fucking. It's the worst. And I'm like, why did they let me watch this? I was like five or six, like addicted to Buck Rogers. And it's basically just a soap opera in space, you know? Wow. It was at Three's Company. Three's Company. There was a lot of really inappropriate television. Right, 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 right. And the the jokes about Jack Tripper being gay. Like it was just like this constant barrage. Of homophobia. I mean, you know, I don't know. I I actually, I I don't know the answer to this. Did it like maybe open some door i just don't. right it could have gone either it's way it's almost not my right it. to say that because yeah. that's not who i am but you know I, I just i wonder that too but but jack tripper did have he was like an incredible physical comedian he was i always appreciated the way he'd like just like messed up like leaning on a chair yeah. or something oh, yeah. like, I was like that's what was awesome. the name of the bar the regal beagle the regal beagle yeah, I wonder how many regal beagles there are throughout the country. I was wondering in a minute, as, like as soon as you said that, if you were going to say, you know what you should do. You know what you should do. <laughs> oh, and then people have to wear like roller skating shorts and leisure suits, and oh, like that's yeah. and Mrs. Rope. I could be Mrs. Roper. Those, I already have the outfit. Those uh, what do they call those dresses? Yeah, I have this like blue romper thing that's oh, like man. straight Mrs. Roper, and every time I wear it, I fucking love it. Mr. I won't Furley? leave the house in it, but. Yeah, what a great time to be alive, you know? <laughs> Back when nothing really mattered except Reagan's 17% interest rates. 
Yeah, it was a different time. Anyway. So, yeah, it's changed. So no Regal Beagle pop-up bar is coming anytime <laughs> soon. Damn but, it. Uh, but I do, I do put a challenge out there to the audience who's Uh-oh. listening. We need more fern bars in our life. We need more fern bars. You know, just these, like, simple bars with ferns, yes. a nice menu, some a pint macrame. of beer, some macrame. Hanging in the distance. I'm with that, man. Some beaded curtains. Oh, yeah. Lava lamp. I'm about that life, man. So what about uh, what about like New Year's Eve? You got anything? Uh, is your next? Is your next? When's wow. your next thing gonna launch? Wow, New Year's Eve. I, you know that seems like twenty five years from I now. I know, but it's not. Um, it's right around the corner. Are you gonna launch your new thing before that or yeah. after that? Oh, yeah. okay. So we have a new pop up bar coming up, um, shortly. Shortly, I there'll, saw. There'll be more details coming out within a few weeks. Well, but I saw like. You were like, Game of Thrones does not exist to me. Like, the second that <laughs> shit was to over, me. I walked by and, like, it was all gone in one day. I was, or at least from the front windows. Oh, yeah. I was like, wow, man, they really. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. Gone. I was going to hit you up and see if we could come take, like, a staff picture or something. Oh, you should But then I was like, too. I don't want to be like everybody else. I'm kind of an asshole. Here, like that, as long I mean? as you don't have 10 people that you want to get in on a Saturday night, I think it's fun. Yeah, no, you know I, I would mean? never do that. I did get a couple calls like that, and I was just like, no. Dude, no. No, that's, mom. That's just no. <laughs> yeah, you're so rude, mom. What? Could, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Well, I do know a whole bunch of people that really want to shoot music videos. Oh yeah. In your spaces. So if you ever want me to field you some of okay, those. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Has that? Because especially when you say, you know, this is a DC. Yeah. Bar. That's I right. think it'd be cool if, you know, you let an artist film a video in there because then you know a dc artist would be representing you know it'd be like a even more of a dc thing because no one's going to come from new jersey to come film a (laughs) video on your bar it would be a dc artist that would think of that well that's the thing is i mean we do see that identity it's a big part of our identity even when my brother and i first started the passenger which was to come become his bar solely and he pretty much ran it from the beginning anyway but we were coming up with the sort of slogans around it one of the things that we didn't like is a lot of people would say like Oh, it sounds like you're creating like a New York bar or something. We were like, man, no, no. we're creating a D. De- so we literally had that slogan, God save the district on it. Um, and we were like, nope, DC, this is a DC bar. That's awesome. And your logo, or, mm-hmm. you know, the DC flag. That's right. Right on. Well, Derek, I don't want to keep you too much longer because uh, we've been chatting for quite a minute. But this was awesome, man. Was Thank really you for great. coming yeah. and hanging out with us. And uh, uh, we're excited to see what's next, you know, uh-huh. for sure. Well, everybody, please show up. It'll be pretty cool. I, I, I can't imagine that they won't. Or know, only the good people, remember? That, that's right. Like, the people are going to grab the dragon teeth. and Yeah, stay you know, home, you stay tooth home. dragon, tooth dragon <laughs> jerks. Just kidding. I'm probably a dragon tooth dragon jerk at times. You know, that's part of my charm, I think. But what are we going to do? Right on. Well, Derek, thank you again. Yeah, thank you, Ma. And uh, we'll touch back in with you again. Maybe we could do a uh, live podcast or something. For, yeah, let's you know, do it. We'll, you know, something. I don't know. Talk about the next thing. And uh, I'd love that. Um, it would also be really cool to show some love to your staff members. Okay. You know, because you have so many awesome staff members we that do, do indeed, a, yeah. a myriad of things there, uh, and they're all really wonderful people, top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Even your new people that you know show up and I'll come in they don't they they don't know anybody from anybody mm. and they treat everybody equally as nice kind of like you're really welcome there and you're yep. important and they don't even know you know what I mean it's a that's it's great. just how they treat people there that's and so that's a really nice yeah it's really nice that's we love, I love our staff but shout out to our staff I mean I'm a lot of it's you it's a, it's a lucky thing that that people say Derek Brown bar Derek Brown did this but right. you know it's all about the staff 
I just, uh, you know, I just show up for the radio shows. Yeah. Well, you know, I know you just yell at people when it's necessary. And <laughs> I don't yell boss life, man, so great. I'm like, yeah. please don't hate me forever. You can be mad at me for a couple hours. You just got to be the boss sometimes, man. But uh, yeah, I would love to definitely, you know, show some love to the staff and 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 circle back with you in a couple months or, or whenever and uh, mm-hmm. do this all over again. So I look forward to it. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Thanks everybody for tuning in. If you're still here. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one.